Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome TTD community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me as always is the very pertinacious Elliot Chibley. What is pertinacious? It means you hold firmly to an opinion or a cause of or a course of action. Um, you know, the only thing I guess I would sounds say like hold, stubborn. It does. I was going to say, I don't think you would hold firmly to an opinion if you were presented with ev- evidence to go against your, your initial opinion. I, I know you enough to know <laughs> that you would, you would reevaluate the situation, but yeah. I was not, I'm not too proud. I was more looking for something along the lines of, uh, determined and, you know, but yeah. We're running out of words, man. There's only so many words. How many episodes do we do? A hundred and... I mean, this is 145. So, yeah, there's not many more words than that. No, there's not not enough to describe us. (laughs) No. Okay, so what do we have going on today? So this is the Travel Bites episode. We've got eight different articles for you. The last one being more of a geography terms lesson. Uh, A friend, we were talking last night, and we were like, all right, let's have that in the Travel Bites. So. Uh, we're going to talk about secret nomads that discovered they could travel while working through the pandemic remotely. Uh, we're going to talk about the European Union dropping travel restrictions. We're going to talk about vaccine cards again. We're going to talk about Airbnb, about the hotel industry and how they're, they may or already are changing their policies and some of the things they do in the hotels. We're going to talk about American Airlines. We're going to talk about United Airlines. And again, the last one is a geography lesson about different water bodies. Yeah, a lot of information in this one. Not many articles, but a lot of information. It's packed with uh, some good stuff. And and one of these in particular I was victim of has to do with the the mm-hmm. pilot layoff. So we'll get into that in a, in a bit. Before we do get into the, the news articles, I want to break down what we have kind of going on behind the scenes and some of the promos that we do. Um I know we often ask for a review, and it's only because it really goes such a far way in helping our show grow. So um, if you if you want to consider it, if you like us, if you love us, if you enjoy the podcast, big fans, if you could just take two seconds of your day, that's probably the best way to pay us back to show your appreciation, and we truly do appreciate that from you. So just think about it, and uh, and thank you in advance. So... Second, we do have a few things that we offer in our you know travel consulting branch of this operation. It includes video courses that help guide you through the planning of your trip. Everything from uh, compiling a very detailed itinerary from booking airfare to urban navigation, restaurant and blog research, the layout itself, safety and local norms, things like that. So it's a five-part video tutorial that's on sale on our website. So if you are starting to travel again and you want help, Creating your own um, itinerary rather than reaching out for help, that's the best way to do it. Now, that being said, if you just are the type of person that wants someone to do it for you, whether you don't have the time or you just don't want to, um, we also offer that service. So feel free to reach out to us and you can essentially hire me to be your travel consultant and I will be happy to help you plan your trip appropriately. Um, Another thing that we have going on, we have a tour guide, Keschler. He's out of Philadelphia. It's our home city. And he has tours that are very specific to our website. So if you do find yourself in the city of Philadelphia, you can check out the tours he offers on our site, or you can reach out to him for any other tour from food to history. He does it all. He's a very intelligent guy. He knows the city of Philadelphia extremely well, and he would significantly enhance your time in the city. Uh, you know, and I think I think that's it for the promo, but I that do is. have the travel tip. Yes. 
Yes. And so the travel tip kind of ties into what I was saying, what we do. So uh, urban navigation, right? Do not, I mean, I, sh- I don't want to say do not, but I wouldn't recommend going to a city without any knowledge of the city itself, whether it's the layout of the landmarks you want to go see um, or just general information on, on transportation. What's the best? Cab, bus, you know, train. There's a lot that goes into being able to explore a city efficiently. What I recommend to do, you know, just because we like to keep these travel tips very quick, is to go to Google Earth, create a map, add your places, and then figure out your route of attack for each day you're there, starting from one and going to however many things you want to go see. That's what I do. I'm actually in the middle of doing it now for two different trips, and it makes things so much easier. Or or you could just <laughs> check out our, our video courses, and that would help you significantly as well. You, you get the course, you learn it one time, and you have that information forever for every other trip that you plan. So check that out. And we um, do have some exciting news. Uh, last month, we were listed in Welp Magazine's 20 Best Masterclass Podcasts of 2021. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, very exciting. I threw that up on our website, and uh, I actually reached out to them and thanked them. So, yeah, that was pretty exciting. It was. It is. It is, yeah. It All is. right, so, so let's get into the first article here. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to cover two different nomads that are secretly working abroad while working remotely, and their companies do not know they're doing it. Yeah, I, I love this. I mean, it, it all came down to uh, taking care of their mental health, which is something that started to really pop up over the past few years. And now like with the pandemic, I think it's even more uh, at the forefront of what people are talking about and prioritizing with themselves. So, you know, taking care of your mental health, people have more flexible lifestyles and they just want to enjoy their time, enjoy their youth, enjoy their lives. So yeah, this was really interesting to me. Uh, No Americans though. No, so they talk about Frederick, who's 39, he's German, he works for a tech company, and he spent, you know, the first few months working at home in Zurich, and then he decided to travel and went to Mexico just to take a break, but then he's just started working. He was like, you know what, I can do this, I can do my job away from my house, and I think a lot of us are starting to realize that, hey, one of my coworkers actually is currently traveling the northeast and she is still working with us mm-hmm. yeah a guy that we have been in communication with over the past few months kind yeah. of have another hustle going on and he he's been traveling for how long seeing all the national parks since and, like april right and so it's it's so doable and you know if you don't have the job that can afford you that luxury maybe consider a different job that get you know in the industry there are there are always multiple branches of every industry and so you don't need to make a complete career move you can just transition within your industry to a position that's maybe more office work and and then figure it out that way yep and the other guy manuela is russian spanish he's self-employed but he started traveling in october of last year just took his camper van, which he already had, had used it frequently, but now he just travels and works. And mm-hmm. it, we should note, yeah, you still have to have an internet connection to do all this right. stuff. It's not all just, you know, the glory of travel. And sometimes, as we've mentioned many times on the show, sometimes it's the worst of both worlds rather than the best. Right. But I think people are starting to figure out ways to make it uh, a good compromise between travel and work. Right. And yeah, and, and that's the one thing. The, the only other thing I would add to that, yeah, um, or just kind of going off of that is that you're still working most days and most of the day. 
all this really allows you to do is after work, you know, you might be able to get dinner in a new city or, or spend time in a new park. But if you have to work, you have to work. Um, and so regardless of your location, just assume that you're still spending most of your time. Most of us spend most of our hours in every week working. So yep. you um, could just yeah. change your scenery of where you're working. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the European Union doing? So we already touched up on this last month, but I just wanted to add a little bit to it. So they're just dropping um, travel restrictions for U.S. tourists, especially, you know, those that are vaccinated. So uh, all 27 members of the EU bloc short, should shortly begin granting entry to United States tourists and among other foreigners. But um, it's it's fully vaccinated and then they, this, the states, or I'm sorry, the countries within the European Union may individually decide whether they also offer quarantine-free entry to unvaccinated travelers coming from whitelisted countries. Uh, so, and then also keep in mind that every country is going to be different and they're going to have different regulations. So although the EU, we're talking the mass of the EU is doing this, you still should obviously pay attention to what your specific destination is doing. Yeah, and it sounds like they will be requiring some kind of proof of vaccination. You yeah, can't just and, say it over the phone like, oh, yeah, I'm vaccinated. And now we're rolling right into the next article. So yep. where can you travel abroad and is a vaccine card enough proof? Um, no one knows. <laughs> Nothing's been established yet. There isn't an entity that is overseeing this, that is organizing it. I mean, maybe the EU will. But it seems that no one's really sure. So the best thing you can do is take the vaccine card that you have and use that. Yeah. Um, I, there will be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate and like disclaimer. I'm speculating here and making complete assumptions. But airlines, I think, will maybe have something digitized, or maybe the EU itself will create some sort of digitized platform that you can just upload your data to uh, that syncs with the airlines but it'll be um, interesting but i mean there are already several apps i think the most popular thus far is verify verify is the one that i'm hearing the most about. yeah 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 um the card works and the way i'm looking at it is it's kind of like the passport it's a little bit easier to lose but maybe just throw it in the passport and rubber band your passport closed and wherever you keep your passport keep it there mm -hmm. um but, you know, I think people are worried about losing it, and you should be, but you also worry about losing your passport, and, um, yeah, I, I would just I would just assume it's, it's as valuable, and there's going to be something figured out. <laughs> like, it, it is odd. It is a little bit nerve-wracking to have to rely on this one little card that doesn't fit in a wallet, by the way. Who's yeah. in charge of that? Unless you get your passport wallet. I mean, it, different countries have different size bills to the U.S., so I think... Some of the uh, euros are almost the same size as the vaccine card. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, so yeah, essentially no one knows right now, but just take it with you. I, I am. I am. What do we have next, Elliot? All right. So Airbnb has announced a ton at, quote, most comprehensive changes, sorry, most comprehensive service updates since right. they probably launched. And it's it's kind of crazy how much they updated. So they've outlined 103 changes in a video they published this month, which are being implemented on the Airbnb platform on the company's website. So the updates place a particular emphasis on flexibility, improving guest experience, making it easier for hosts to sign up, 
and providing world-class support for its global host and member community. Yeah, so cool. I have considered putting our house, we have a, a room upstairs that has its own bathroom attached to it and using that as like an Airbnb room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through the whole process of getting it listed or going through and adding photos and all that stuff, but we actually never listed it. And mm. I mean, I, I live near Hershey Park, so we thought it would be a good location. But yeah. short-term rentals itself are being tackled by a lot of different municipalities across the country. But this is not yeah. that conversation. No, uh, the interesting thing from from that I would consider is whether or not you want that person in your house, right? And I'm sure that's probably something that you're weighing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing, really. The money's great. Uh, I wouldn't really be too dis- discouraged by the extra work, the additional work associated with it, or anything. But it would be, it would be the people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which you get to vet. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, so yeah, going off of what you just said, so flexibility. Um, that's that's to me the coolest one. So there's flexible destinations, flexible matching, and flexible date, dates, which will allow you to, which allows it to open up new ways for guests to uncover unique destinations, and allows them to shape their trip better according to their trip preferences and the time frame for their travels. It reminds me of the Google Flights search that I like to use all the time, where you can just plug in your departing airport and like a six month block, and you can look around the world and see what's the cheapest. This is pretty cool. Uh, you get to pick the type of place you want to go to. You know, it has to have a swimming pool or yep. it has to be in a city, um, you know, and, and you could go around that way. So pretty neat. I like it. Uh, I, any any additional flexibility for the user is always a good thing. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people are looking at not just Airbnbs for longer term stays with the ability to work from home. Yeah. But I think rentals in general are going to become more popular because people are like, Hey, I don't have to live in the city anymore. I'm actually going to go live outside of Denver now and work in Manhattan still. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the next one, a simpler and more inspiring guest experience. So nine new unique home categories and one of a kind stays have been added to the platform. So ranging from the Adobe houses, what's Adobe? Adobe. What is an Adobe house? Adobe is like a type of clay. It's really popular in the, southwest united states and like northern mexico i think so it says adobe houses to wagons to bubble tents and working ranches and that's so it's awesome i mean you can essentially stay in all of these different types of locations um and search by them pretty neat pretty neat it is and then the easier ways to host from signing up to superhost becoming a superhost and um, they're giving more guidance on for existing hosts and offering classes, one-on-one mentoring, and the ability to change listing titles and descriptions to generate more views and faster messaging between the hosts and the guests. Yeah. That's and all the, really, really nice features. Right, yeah. And then the last one is also, it, well, it's for both. It's for both the user and the, the host, but it's just additional support. Um, for disputes, uh, for emergency information, community leader support. So they're just beefing things up, beefing up operations. And so I have I have a lot of respect for the CEO. When the when the pandemic hit, I was watching videos of him interviewed on like Yahoo Finance and, and channels like that about his operation. And he was very calm and collected. Like he knew what to do and he essentially just brought it all back down and scaled it back to what he said was the original idea 
And unfortunately, he cut. They, they were in the middle of all these different. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, but they were going to go public. They still did end up going public, but they were like planning to go public. And they had all these different ventures, and they just unfortunately had to cut them, scale back, and just hover there, wait out the pandemic. But then they went public, and their stock continued to rise. Their numbers were still great. People were still using them. So I, I really, I like this company. I think it's. I know this is super controversial, Elliot. You're already smirking. There's a lot of issues with this, um, raising rent and pushing actual residents out. I understand that. Um, but I, I, from a company perspective, I do kind of admire them. Uh, I'm curious to see where they continue, how they continue to grow. Yeah. yeah you have nothing to add on that, do you? No, 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 you don't agree. Do you not agree with <laughs> I, me? I know I do like Airbnb. I think there's there's a lot of good things that they do, and I think they do bring, like as opposed to a hotel in an area, which most of that money stays either with that hotel, which is headquartered somewhere else, but with Airbnbs, that money stays with the person whose house that is. Right. And yeah. unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of investors purchase air or homes and creating Airbnbs that don't even live there. Right. They're just tourist cities, and so now those yeah. investments are still going somewhere else. They're still locals, though. So is it still better than a hotel? But or maybe not because you buy all the property up. I don't know. I, this would need like a deep analysis. It would, yeah. And I'm not. I'm no economist, and I'm no you know right. social economist either. <laughs> so it, it, real, real quick, uh, like I don't know. Side lesson: uh, Do you know how he started Airbnb? No, I don't. So he was in, I believe he was living in New York and he had an air mattress and he put it on his floor. He started to have friends stay over. Then he started to rent it out online somehow. So it literally started out with an air mattress on his floor. That he rented out? That he rented out. He would offer people to stay on this air mattress and he grew it into this multi-billion dollar global corporation. That's funny. That yeah. and uh, Are you familiar with the TV show Portlandia? I I've heard of it. No, but okay. I never watched it. So it's very it's very specific to Portland, mm-hmm. and there is an episode where they're kind of joking about the renting out of things, and they're like, "Rent out a room in your house," and then they're like, "Rent out space in your fridge, rent out your old <laughs> socks, <laughs> rent it out." It's, I can see people. I might rent out my garage refrigerator. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, what's the next one here? So this is the one that you got really hurt by, right? Um, no. Oh, no, sorry. No, that's one. the next one. I skipped it's the one. Next one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the hotel industry is emerging from the pandemic, and things are changing, and they're really looking at ways to reduce their overall costs, really, and yeah. sometimes that means reducing their total number of employees and offering less services that people may or may not have used. Yeah, this is really interesting, and I don't even know if I have an opinion on it one way or another, but um, I think, you know, I th- realizing the success of Airbnb and the hotel industry, I think, realizes that they don't really need some of the amenities that they're offering. And because they don't need those amenities, they don't need the staff that they originally had. Now, I believe that there's like a significant labor issue with hotels and just the service industry in general right now in the United States, but... Um, essentially, like the the daily cleanings are might be going away. Might be um, every other day. I mean, I know I I right. keep it up so that they don't clean. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I normally we typically do the same thing. Like we'll put so we'll put that thing on the door so they don't come into our room. Just because I don't really, I, I'd rather like leave my stuff out. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of just we don't really need it. We don't dirty the room most of the time. The room is just a pass. Yeah, and same thing, thing with the towels. Like I just hang those up. Right, right, and so yeah, I. I guess they're trying to make a transition to not offer those services. Maybe costs will go down. I wouldn't cross my fingers or hold my breath for that. But um, yeah, yeah. and like breakfasts, if you there was a hot breakfast or a continental continental breakfast, those might be going away because you don't get those at an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be something to look forward to. The a transition with the hotel industry. I mean, when has that happened? Um, in our lifetime like this to this degree so yeah and, and i believe you'll still be able to get those as extra perks so you can still get the breakfast you can still get daily cleanings but they may just be an addition an add-on to your stay yeah well and they did take a survey during the pandemic of guests and it showed overwhelmingly that they preferred the guests preferred that the rooms not be cleaned daily yeah yeah i i don't really know anybody that's ever said I want it. I want that daily cleaning. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like them coming every day. Yeah, it's kind of odd. So, all right. Moving on. This is the one that messed me up pretty bad. So, American Airlines passengers could be in for a summer of delays and cancellations. Yeah, they definitely can. So, my flight, I had a direct flight from Philadelphia to Rome. It was six and a half hours. I got an email last week that my flight has been rerouted. So my flight now to get to Rome goes from Philadelphia and it flies three and a half hours west to Dallas. I have an hour and a half layover and then it's a 13 and a half hour flight from Dallas to Rome. What? Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm pretty upset. I'm going to have a toddler with me. And that's just going <laughs> to make it that much more difficult. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. So yeah, it's – I'm going to – what I'm doing now is, and we're going to get into some of the stats of this, but what I'm doing now is holding out. I'm going to try to see if things change and I can get that direct flight back. But if not, I'm going to cancel my departing flight out of Philadelphia because I already found a cheap direct flight from Philadelphia to Madrid. And then it's like 20 bucks to get from Madrid to Rome. So that's what I'll do. And it's actually with Delta out of Philadelphia, not American Airlines. So maybe that one won't get changed. <laughs> maybe not. I'm, going to, I'm still going to hold out until maybe July. Um, end of July because my flight is early September. So by then I'll probably make a decision. And if they don't solve this problem, which they may based on what I've read about it, then, then I'll change it. So, um, it's layoffs or I'm sorry. It's, it's a lack of pilots that stemmed from the beginning of the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit and travel ended, American airlines gave Pilots the option, pilots that were nearing retirement, the option to leave with a payout and retire early. And a lot of them took it. And they still have not had the time to rehire enough pilots to meet the insane demand with travel today. So that's one aspect of this. Yeah. And... Um, and, and then there's also labor issues with other aspects of this industry outside of the pilots but the pilots obviously are the big one yeah wow so yeah that's yeah, that's fascinating and it seems like there it's not just a few flights here and there it's it's quite a bit i mean right nearly 800 flights were delayed last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. yeah so the airline canceled more than 120 flights on saturday 
188 on Sunday, and at least 162 on Monday. And that was like just last week. And then the flight tracking website said that 760 American flights were delayed Sunday and nearly 800 flights were delayed on Monday. Wow. Going forward, American is now proactively canceling about 1% of its scheduled flights each day through the middle of July. And someone at American, a spokesperson, said that uh, about 50 up to 80 of the airline's daily departures uh, are what's going to be. That's what that's what 1% of its scheduled flights ends up equaling out to. Wow. Yeah, man. So That's a know, bummer. Travel's back. Uh, the EU said we can come, but now we just don't have any planes to get there. Yeah, right. <laughs> the saga continues. Well, let's continue talking about planes. This is a continuation of last week's. Yeah. Sonic boom and more supersonic jets. United Airlines, what, how many did they purchase? 15? Uh, something like that, yeah. Anyway, they're going to be able to go from New York to London in three and a half hours. Now, keep keep going on because I'm, I'm a skeptic here. I'm a okay, skeptic. okay. So, boom overture uh, is the supersonic aircraft creator and they're going to be going to market by 2029 and so the concord i think the concord last flight was about 50 years ago or so according to this article and i think it's really interesting right the the aircraft is designed to go at 1.7 mach speed so around twice the speed of current commercial aircraft and they're going to be at least the boom overture is for 88 passengers. Yeah, it's if it happens, it's remarkable. But I don't know. Well, so something that I pulled from the article. So you can't technically fly at supersonic speeds over land. So really, the only thing you're going to be able to use this for is flying across the Atlantic or flying across the Pacific. Yeah. And that's that's because of the supersonic boom. <laughs> Yeah, the other day I was in my pool and two fighter jets flew over my house. And it was just like this roaring sound. It was incredible. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't know if I've actually ever heard a supersonic boom. Uh, I, I've heard just from firsthand experiences that they're incredibly loud. And like the jets that fly over, that's that's just them. That's just the engine, natural engine roar. When you actually hear the boom when they break the sound barrier, it's deafening. You like have to have headphones oh, on. Oh, so you're saying that I didn't? It, that wasn't even the super. The, the, no, because the boom only happens when they break the speed of sound. Right. Okay. Yeah. Seems incredible. Yeah, it, it's really exciting though. Be and the other thing with this is that Overture is using trying to use sustainable fuel, aviation fuel, because I mean, flying at supersonic speeds is really energy intensive mm -hmm. so they're trying to use things like cooking oil and trying to get it to a net zero carbon emission yeah which is so hard to conceive like right we don't even have electric planes yet that are commercially available yeah i mean i'm, I'm my fingers are crossed i hope this happens but again um i don't know i think there'll be an extra an electric plane first so yeah. I think there will be too. Maybe even a hydrogen fuel cell plane. I don't know. What's this last one here? All right. So, quick geography lesson. Uh, I was talking with a friend last night, and we were doing some trivia, and then we we're 
we found out that there's are you familiar with a bays bites sounds and fjords i imagine you know what at least three of those are yes bays i don't know what bites are sounds yes and the the fjords are the like a glacier right isn't it like a glacial yeah yeah pretty much so they're all they're all bodies of water they all are very similar so we're just going to go through one by one uh so a fjord is commonly found in regions where the present or past glaciations are below current sea level so it's a very narrow steep-sided valley filled with seawater and it is uh it translates from norwegian to where one fares through so opposed to a sound which is wider than a fjord and is described as a large sea slash ocean inlet and the sound typically lies parallel to the coastline and it commonly separates a coastline from an island so think of the puget sound okay all right and then a bite is <laughs> shallower than a sound and it lies near an ocean or a large water body uh, it manifests as a curve on the shoreline with a less with less curvature than that of a usual bay so the distinctions between these four things are very small but they're still different and then a bay in its basic form is a water body partly surrounded by land mostly on its three sides so like the, the bay of biscay just west of spain is the largest bay in the world or sorry sorry bay of bengal which is actually a uh south southwest of india that's the largest bay in the world and then the bay of biscay is west of spain so they're all geologic and geographical processes that result in the formation of these but they're just slightly different okay here's a question for you what's the difference between a bay and a gulf that i don't know i should have added that in there because <laughs> like the gulf of mexico I'm yeah thinking, to me would be a bay yep the persian gulf Right, I think right. I think they're bigger than bays. At least I want. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, maybe not. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's for next week. <laughs> that's that, was, that one's for you, Aaron. Aaron and Max. Now you know. Now you know the difference <laughs> between those four. Now we have to look up what a golf is. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we can move on. I mean, is this is this a good time to mention that there's another ocean? But yeah, I think this right? is a good time to mention there's. An, Potentially well, another ocean. There's no. I, I mean, I thought it was established. Well, National Ge Geographic says it is. Yeah, then it might. But I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's fully adopted by the entire community of scientists. It will be. <laughs> They're the the, the South Ocean. The Southern Ocean. Yeah. The Southern Ocean. For, for whatever reason, they didn't name it the Antarctic Ocean because we have the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. And this could have been the Antarctic Ocean, but yeah, yeah it's probably Southern too hard ocean, to say. I guess is uh is is what one but whatever one day we'll we'll take a dip in there but maybe <laughs> all right uh That'd be cool. that concludes the travel bites right do you have anything else nope that's it all Just, right what's up this month this month we have some pretty awesome guests just wandering arguably the most beautiful travel instagram page on instagram <laughs> she was a great uh it was a great conversation she talked about how she went from essentially a, an attorney to a travel influencer. Really yeah. cool story. Uh, Liz of Run to Reach. This woman has oh, lots man, of running. I don't remember off the top of my head, lots of running. She has done. She's completed marathons on I for several 30. countries. Thirty was it thirty countries? Oh yeah, 30. It's thirty to thirty. Yeah, yeah. So 
really awesome be, to be able to run through all those environments, different cultures. It was a great conversation. And then our travel around table this month is on archaeology. What does it take to be an archaeologist and kind of get insight on what these people do traveling around the world, digging for bones. Um, that's kind of what we broke down. So yeah, really <laughs> yeah. awesome conversation. Yeah, very um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. as always, thank you very much for being fans of the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. If you love the show and you want to support us, as Bob mentioned in the beginning, give us a rating wherever you're listening. Um, support us in a financial way through Patreon. You, there's a bunch of different levels that you can support us with. And tune in next week. Stay safe, stay healthy.